0: Hello and welcome to level 31 of Three Extra Lives, a video game and trivia podcast. I'm your host Tom Knight. If you have been here before and you're enjoying this show, you're enjoying listening to me talk about indie games, trivia, positive news stories, if you're getting a kick out of the Three Extra Lives and you're thinking, hey, how can I support this show? How can I support what Tom is doing well let me just tell you quickly that you can support the show over on patreon.com forward slash three extra lives where every week i post an update behind the scenes goings on recommendations for free games other little bits and bobs happening over on the patreon where i'm not posting anywhere else that you can get exclusive access to and also patreons can Message me at any time and get answers to the trivia questions that are coming up in the next level. That might not be true, but anyway, thank you very much for your support. Let's get on with the show! (laughs) We're starting this level of Three Extra Lives by heading over to the one, the only (laughs) 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 Kickstarter. Yes, we are on the Kickstarter this week because I came across a game called. Always Legacy. Now, this is a modern retro adventure game filled with magic, secrets, and exploration. And this one caught my eye because the first installment of this game known as Always Awakening came out in February 2017. Two positive reviews. Uh, Developer Elden Pixels pushed the game out there. An 8-bit NES-like Metrovania indie adventure. Looks really good has that nostalgic feel and with this sequel always getting a bit of a graphical upgrade it's moving into more of a SNES era I would say and we do see a lot of games like this coming through on Kickstarter have that retro SNES Mega Drive feel but I think when you look at the evolution of how this game has gone from its first iteration to be more like a NES, to the second to be more like SNES. It's a really nice little upgrade and you can really appreciate the work that's gone into giving the game a graphical advancement, uh, even though I would say that these type of games, graphics aren't the thing that you're truly focusing on. It's more about the gameplay. Now this caught my eye on Kickstarter because a nice little story behind the developer's Elden Pixels. Who Began their life in 2014 when their lead designer was hanging out with a bunch of friends and they were drinking beer, playing video games. They're Swedish, by the way, so that shouldn't come as too much of a surprise. Mikael, the lead designer, he just kind of said, I should make my own games. How hard could it be? And of course, it it's hard. <laughs> it's very hard. But three years later, 2017, the first title comes out from their team always awakening and it was a it was a success and obviously because we're here talking about the sequel to that in the early 2018's developers thought to themselves you know what let's quit our jobs let's go full time making indie games how hard can it be of course it's it's very hard <laughs> not speaking from experience but just uh yeah it's hard it's hard and another year and a half later here they are with Always legacy gone full time into this and graphically and gameplay wise you can already see the differences from the first which was a success and onto this second title and they went to a few different publishers but deep down they want they wanted to fund the game themselves so that's why they're on the kickstarter and they're currently in campaign mode to raise funds for this game which as of recording there is 20 days to go. So when this episode is released, there'll still be time to jump on that. This project will be running until Thursday, December 5th, 2019. As of recording, we have a goal of £19,975. And that is currently sitting at 12892 20 days to go. It's on course to make its target. AWA's Legacy, it's set in the world of AWA and it features Female protagonist, heroine Zoe, and she wakes up in a strange land. She doesn't know where she is, she doesn't know why she's there, but everything seems familiar, but she can't remember why. A figure appears. An old lady, almost struggling to walk, comes up and talks to Zoe. Her voice is strong, and she says, Zoe, you have been sent here to save us. You might not realize it yet, but you are strong, and you'll grow to be the hero we need. This game will feature an interconnected world. There's going to be branching paths, there's going to be dungeons, there's going to be a skill tree, there's going to be awesome music, full control support, and the the big one, the big selling feature of this game, a talking pig NPC, Petable, that doesn't sell it for you, I don't know what will, but I just like to read stories of developers coming through and even just watching through this game, looking at character dialogue and the exploration that's encouraged in this game and the, the beautiful art style and the various abilities that Zoe has. For example, she has a wand that can summon a bubble. You can then use that bubble to jump on and get across various gaps, various platforms, as well as other abilities that you can customize and tweak to accommodate your playstyle. Elden Pixels, they've been going at it now for quite a few years, but they're venturing into this full time and looking to fund this game themselves. And it's on course. I think it's going to do it. But I just like to bring these games to your attention, especially when they're kind of midway through their project. They still need a bit more funding just to get it over the edge. But I think this one's definitely worth checking out. There's a lot of love and a lot of work already gone into this project, and it really is. So awesome to see projects coming to light on Kickstarter because without Kickstarter, a lot of these wouldn't or they would have to be funded maybe through other publishers where the developers could potentially lose some of the creative control there. And this way it's it's all in their hands to create the, the game that they envisioned. Go check out was Legacy. If that looks like something that would interest you, give it a little backing and you can expect this one to be Heading out the door in April 2020. Again, that's Always Legacy by Elden Pixels. It's trivia time. All right, so we were talking about Alwa's Legacy and Alwa's Awakening, which was the first title in that series. So here we go. Guess the game, guys. Guess the game. Can you name the 1993 action-adventure game developed and published by Nintendo for the Game Boy, featuring the word Awakening. The answer is The Legend of Zelda, Link's Awakening. Did you get that one right? If you did, give yourself an extra life. Next up on Three Extra Lives, what have I been playing this week? Well, have a little story, a little connecting story actually, because you'll remember back in level 25 of Three Extra Lives, I talked about the blood drive at TwitchCon 2019 where gamers were being encouraged to sign up to get a copy of Bandi Namco's latest game called Code Vein. If you wanna hear more about that story, go to level 25 if you haven't already. Anyway, over the past month, I took the steps because in that episode as well, I said I was going to become a blood donor. There was no greater incentive than potentially saving up to three lives for donating blood. So I signed up and I went to my first donation session last week and I donated. I got through that. I was okay. I'm good. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Anyway, my partner, Amanda, she's been very supportive of me going through this process because she knows I have a bit of a weird thing around blood, but you know, I put that to the side, I said no more, that's no excuse to not be giving blood if I'm healthy enough and I'm able enough to do that. As I was lying there, finishing off my donation, she handed me a card inside the card, she said she was very proud of me for taking this step and she had purchased me a video game and there was a steam key wrote in this card. I was very happy, I was I was delighted. She said not to expect video games every time I donated blood but this was a a specific landmark achievement for my first time. So I rushed home, I entered that key into Steam, and the game that redeemed was a game called Horus. Now I watched the trailer for this game upon redemption and I thought this looks like my type of game. It's full of robots, it's full of pixel art, it's full of what looks like 80s early 90s arcade games. And this all just rushed into my head and I installed the game and I headed into it with without really any expectation apart from what I saw in the trailer, which which looked like, you know, a platformer game that I was going to enjoy. What got me about this game was that there's a story that you're introduced fairly early on throughout various platforming levels where you're a robot who's been purchased for this family to do jobs around their mansion. You kind of have this father figure like of this old man who's taking care of you, performing maintenance on you, giving you upgrades with software and you slowly grow to learn about the family surrounding this old man and they all have their backstories. They not all are squeaky clean I might say. There's some uh, there's some definite characters there with uh, perhaps some nefarious intentions in the past, but this game seems to be building towards character redemption for a lot of these characters. And as you play through the early stages of this game, you get to know this family. And one thing I was really surprised at was just how quickly I fell in love with this story. It's really charming. It's it's very melancholy. It's There's just this overarching sadness to the story, but at the same time, there's lots of moments where you'll smile uncontrollably because something happens there'll be some humor and this game is developed by Paul Hellman and Sean Scapelhorn and there is a real real essence of British blended humor mixed in here and you'll see a lot of easter eggs from various British movies, British tv shows. If you've haven't really grown up with that and you don't really know much about some of the mainstream British shows that they're just kind of dropped in a way that if you didn't know who they were or what they were it wouldn't really matter to you but because obviously being British and growing up with a lot of various TV shows I've seen little references in which is which is really bizarre. There's like references to Coronation Street and only fools and horses and they're not even frost in your face, but there's also a lot of geek culture references in there, Mario, Star Wars. It's a real geek Easter egg fest, that's what I'm trying to say. And it's it's really, really complimentary to the story that's being told, which it does escalate at quite a, quite a pace from the start where you're getting to know this family to a specific moment where time flies forward, not time travel, but then you're in this same world but it's war-torn and you're going through this world that's now been vastly changed and many of the characters you were getting to know at the start have fragmented into their various locations in the world and it's a matter of you following up with them and trying to track them down after a certain event which I won't spoil uh, because I think it's very impactful. So. The main kind of gameplay mechanics of this are you go into levels where you're a robot who's cleaning up trash and you have this goal of just trying to clean up all the trash in the levels. It's very obvious what the trash is and you navigate through these levels. There's lots of dangers that can kill you and if you do you usually end at the start of the level unless you hit a checkpoint which are unmarked checkpoints. They aren't very obvious where they are but you can hit them sometimes and you have unlimited life so when you die you kind of reset to the start and there's a counter in the game to to kind of say that yeah this is how many times you've been revived thanks to your software this stuff's kind of covered at the start of the game as well with the the old man explaining that you can't die you have the software which means you're you're going to be okay every time you do but you just got that running total which is quite funny to look at I think mine's sitting at over 200 right now so I don't know what that says about me and you'll go through these levels and navigate through them to progress the story but then you'll come across certain areas in the game as it opens up a bit more you'll hit some of the main settlements where for me this is where I'm having a lot of fun right now because it's kind of the point I'm at where you're in a town and there's an arcade there's other establishments where you can go into and get jobs which usually involves playing a hilarious rhythmic mini game earning currency money to buy train tickets so you can travel to other cities and progress the story and there's the arcade like i say which has some very familiar games just uh delivered in a in a new way it's very enjoyable to to play these mini games and have a an arcade experience where if you're getting the high score in the the arcade you're typing in your initials for doing that and i have to say the quality of the mini games in this game Very, very high and very, very enjoyable. So I've probably talked enough about Horus. I've tried to keep this segment short, but uh, I could talk about Horus for a lot longer and just the emotions it's been making me feel. And the the game is totally narrated by Horus in his robotic voice, which I thought might get annoying, might feel a bit cheesy, but you know what? It really, really adds to the storytelling of this game. Uh, But go check out Horus by Paul Hellman, Sean Scaplehorn, Published by 505 Games. Go forth and be Horace. It's trivia time. So I was talking about Horace. And he's, maybe he's not British. But you know, his his family are based in Britain. And he's he's British. I'm just going to call him British. There's lots of British humor in that game. there are just going to call Horace British. So, other British protagonists in video games. Turns out there's not that many. After a bit of research. But... Can you name this one? This professor is the main protagonist of this series, created by Level 5, in which he and his apprentice Luke Triton investigate mysteries while solving various brain teasers. The answer is Professor Herschel Leighton. Did you get that one right? If you did, Give yourself an extra life. And finally, this is your captain speaking. I'm here to talk about a new segment to this show. And I'm simply calling it Wishlist This. I don't know if you understood that, but I said Wishlist This. (laughs) On Wishlist This, this time on 3 Life. Oh my goodness, I did not think this through for a segment name. I'm talking about Aeroplane Mode, which is really appropriate for me right now because I'm just about to travel to Florida for two months and this game caught my eye because it is none other than a airplane simulator but no no you're not flying the airplane you're just being a passenger aboard a real-time six hour commercial airline flight in coach and it really does make me laugh how these simulation games come out and if we were to experience a lot of what is in simulation games it's just kind of like oh that's kind of boring you know farming or cleaning simulator, <laughs> you know things like that are really weird but when you put them into a video game suddenly it's entertaining and I find myself sitting looking at airplane mode trailer where your character is just in first-person mode they sit they've got a nice window seat they're reading a book they're looking out the window they're playing with the blind on, on the window, they're watching movies, they're eating their food, they're doing all that boring stuff. I don't know, I'm just like, I would play this. I mean, I'm not like super excited to spend nine hours on a flight to America with, with not really much to do apart from Netflixing, but this game, I'm like, yes, I will play this. I will check this out. And to me, that's just weird. It's like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense in my head and I don't really know why, but I, I think games like this are are worth looking at and a lot of time they do get you know picked up as a joke and i like when something real is converted into a video game because i don't know I, I i mean i just don't know why realistic simulations in video i guess because you can just do anything right you you could be sitting in this airplane mode and you can pick up your croissant and throw it down the aisle not not that i would do that i mean but you just get these urges in video games to to kind of live out something you would never do in real life like ferroir croissant apparently letting it all out there tom this game is developed by Backronym, and it's published by previously on amc's the walking dead yeah amc those guys are doing the walking dead so here we go this is their first game and what a game to start off with flight simulator called airplane mode where You're just gonna be a passenger on a plane. Let me tell you about some more of these features, including taxi takeoff landing. You're gonna have snacks, premium beverages, and a meal service. Carry-on bag with a book, headphones, pen, and charging cable. (laughs) Overhead reading light. Complimentary aircraft information card. In-flight safety video produced by IFC's in-house team of expert air hosts. Randomized events on every playthrough, such as turbulence, bad Wi-Fi, and delays, ambient, authentic noise. Whose baby is that? In-flight entertainment system, a flight tracker, a hit of movies from the 1930s, and our award-winning magazines, Stratosphere's filled with articles, crosswords, oh yeah, and Sudoku. Like I say, straight from AMC Games, it's one of those games where you're like, this is so ridiculous, I actually have to check it out. I have to check it out and see what it's all about. And just to add that a crying baby is not guaranteed on every flight, which for a game that is calling itself the most realistic flight simulator ever created, I would love to challenge that. This game is taking off in 2020. So I'll throw a link into my show notes, add it to your wish list. Airplane mode by Bacronym. It's trivia time. So we're talking about flight simulators and all that jazz. So here we go with the question. Microsoft is famed for its flight simulation series, but when did the first version of this series release? Was it 1979, 1982, 1985, or 1990? The answer is 1982 did you get that one right if you did give yourself an extra life and here we are at the end of the show once again how did you do on the trivia why not let me know over on socials facebook twitter instagram at three extra lives always love to hear how you're doing on the trivia especially if you got three lives you know because that means you're pretty damn awesome like always, you can email the show, podcast at 3 com. Let me know what video games, news stories you want me to cover that are positive in the video game industry. And, of course, you can find everything I've talked about, links to what I've mentioned on this level, so you don't have to go searching over at 3 And that, my friend, brings us to the end of this level. Thank you very much for listening. And I will see you all in level 32. Well, I think that's a good thing. Find more at Studio.com. Hello and welcome to level 30 of 3 Extra Lives, a video game and trivia podcast. This is level 31. I haven't updated my notes. This game's gonna feature quite a few features. That's, yeah, of course it is. Zoe has, for example, She has a wand that can summon a bubble, which you can then use that bumble (coughs) The answer is sneezing, apparently. It's a real geek fast Uh, Easter egg. It's a real geek fast. It's a real geek Easter egg fast. That's what I'm trying to say.